Whatever it is you want to do in life, you'll be able to do. It's always you versus you. That it doesn't matter how old you are, how young you are, you can achieve anything that you set your mind to. Spend the rest of your natural life waking up and going after it. This is my purpose, and you will not stop me. You are listening to Mojo Sports. Yeah, hello and welcome to the NRL Show, episode 13. Uh, my name's Dan Frost, and tonight I'm joined by an incredible panel. Uh, first, want to start off by introducing uh, Tasha Gale. Welcome, Tasha. Obviously, the cat's out of the bag now. Uh, there's been a lot of promotion out on social media. Very, very excited to have you join the network. I'm really excited to be here. Thanks, Dan. No, it's, uh, you know, it's been a quite a little while in the making, but um, yeah, just really looking forward to, you know, you bringing all of your knowledge and wisdom in and around the game. And also tonight joining us is our, is it, well, one of our interns within Mojo Sports, been very busy working behind the scenes and gets the opportunity to come on the show uh, and again, share, share everything she knows in and around the NRL. Shay, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Yeah, so Shay has been, yeah, we're definitely underselling all the work that Shay and all of the team do behind the scenes, but yeah, look, really looking forward to getting into the NRL. Let's do it. All right, guys. Well, look, let's jump into our first segment now, the huddle. And for our new listeners, the huddle is where we take a deep dive into a particular team. And this week, we're going to focus on, well, I guess one of the most controversial teams uh, in rugby league. Leave no regrets out there. That is what a real champion is made of. We're a different footy team. And we've got a point of difference about us. Well, this is the biggest moment in several of these players' football lives. Champion players, champion club. Yeah, and a little bit of a hint there with uh, Brad Arthur chatting in the intro. But this week we're going to be focusing in on the Parramatta Reels. And it has been, well, it's been an incredible uh, 2021 campaign. They certainly shot out of the blocks, had a successful start went through a bit of a down period and now find themselves still in contention um, and still about to uh, compete in the final series. Tasha, we'll start with you. It's been a little bit of a mixed bag for the Parramatta Eels in 2021. It sure has, and I can understand how the the Eels fans would be frustrated. You know, they get their hopes built up and... And then, as you said, they just can't get over the the hump. But... um, you know, the, what I do like about the Eels and the more recent Eels is that uh, Ferguson coming back, he, he's come back strong and he's looking really good and he's looking really confident. I mean, I don't know if you caught him this week, but he was actually feeding the scrum at one point. So that's definitely one of the things I like about Parramatta at the moment. And the other thing is that the decision to rest some of your, your key players because that's going to give you um, fresh playmakers in your Gutho and your Moses. And Junior Parlo will have a rest through suspension. But you've got fresh forwards, fresh playmakers coming back in. And in the back of their mind, their last game that they played, they go on really confident. They beat the minor premiers just last week. So, yeah, there's a few things that, that I can like about the Parramatta Eels at the moment. And Shay, uh, I, I guess, you know, you, you look back at their historic win in round 24 against your beloved Melbourne Storms. Suffice to say, you were a little bit upset that night, a little bit frustrated with the loss. But to Tasha's point, I guess it's, uh, you know, it, it's pretty impressive. You know, after the down period, they were able to sort of turn things around. What did you take away from that that particular game? Because I know you, you followed that game closely. It was really impressive game. I think Parramatta really turned up and switched on and played for each other rather than... Um, as individuals and they put on a good fight coming from like their three losses that they 
endured and then coming into a win against Melbourne Storm, it was really impressive. Yeah, absolutely. Now, Tasha, let's try and figure out how to get this team a premiership because, you know, I, again, they sort of, they get so close. They show glimpses of, of being a team that, that can that can sort of take down the heavyweights. But I guess in the, those big high-pressure finals games, there's still a lot of uncertainty as to whether this team can get over the line. For you, you know, thinking about Parramatta trying to take that next step, where do you think some of the challenges are within their particular squad? And, yeah, any ideas or, or any areas of focus you think Parramatta should be looking at? Yeah, for sure, Dan. Um, they've lacked, well, we, we talked about their lack of consistency and they don't seem to produce strike power at, at, across the park. They, re, they rely too much on, on players like Moses and Gutho. So I think they've really got to look to um, either, you know, some good signings or um, that combination like with Moses and um, Dylan Brown Um I think they got it right last week when they put uh, Brown back on the left side and Moses on the right. It seemed to click. But then, of course, we didn't see that happening this week because they weren't playing out there together. And Shay, that's probably a player to touch the point that, that, I, that I had circled uh, that it sort of disappointed me a little bit was Dylan Brown. And only because I'm a hard marker, you know, like Dylan, still very much a very young guy, big body, very, very talented, but, um, you know, just hasn't quite hit his straps this year. Um, You know, what's what's your thoughts on, you know, Parramatta trying to take that next step? Are there any particular players that you'd like to see sort of step up coming into the finals? I'd like to see Dylan Brown step up, I think, in his kicking game as well, and not just... um leaving it up to Mitchell Moses. I think I'd like to see Dylan Brown kick more as a as a 5'8". And Tasha, what, what's your thoughts in and around some potential inclusions, maybe even looking towards next season that could help them sort of improve um, going into season 2022? Yeah, Dan, look, the modern game, um, I think Penrith came up with it first with um, having the ball-playing lock more involved, taking pressure off your halves. Um, we've seen Ali Brigginshaw in the women's game make that incredible transition from 7 to 13 and it's worked tremendously well at the Broncos. Parramatta have to step up, have to modernise that game and I think, well, they've either got to sign a a really powerful, you know, exciting number six or they've got to get themselves a really good ball-playing number 13. Yeah, absolutely. And obviously, you know, they're in a situation where they're looking to extend Gutho, and, and I think a lot of the media in and around that's been a little bit unfair. I think they'll come to a really fair resolution in and around that. But, yeah, look, I, I think there's a lot of uh, flexibility there in the Eels' spine. Um, you know, obviously, Reid Marnie has, has cemented his spotted hooker. You've got Mitchell Moses there at seven. I just think that, yeah, you know, we, with Dylan Brown, with his bigger body, he could potentially play there at lock and open up a, a, a position. Just just whilst we're on that, what, why um, we look at, you know, what they can recruit to improve or what they've got to do, um, Shay and Dan, I've got a concern here with retention. Um, two of the players that we're talking about making a big difference, um, you know, Dylan, both Dylan Brown and Junior Palo, they're up at once... October's over, as of the 1st of November, they can negotiate with rival clubs. And rumour has it that the Raiders are hunting both of them down and offering big dollars. So I think retention is a big thing that they need to consider as well for next year. Yeah, absolutely. I I think think there's a sweet science with that as well, in and around managing the salary cap, because 
I think a lot of clubs get caught up in, you know, okay, the, the contract is coming up. We, we really need to, you know, organise. We need, we need to get this guy over the line. We need, we need to sort of lock them in. But there's also the need to be a little bit strategic around, uh, I guess, groupings of, of when a lot of players come off contract at the same period of time. So, uh, no, I agree. They're two players at Parramatta cannot afford to lose, and I'm sure they're going to fight very, very hard to keep them. Uh, all right, guys. Well, let's have a bit of a let's have a bit of a look now at our predictions. So, uh, first of all, we want to do an around the grounds on predicting uh, where they're going to finish this year, and then also looking forward into twenty twenty two. Shay, going to start with you. Where do you think they'll finish this year, and then looking forward into next year? Um, I reckon they'll finish in week two of the finals. And what about- I don't see them going anywhere else other than there. And what about next year? Um, they'll still be in the top eight. I think with the team that they have now and if they make some big signings over the next six to eight months, I reckon they'll they'll still finish in the top eight. Tasha, for me, predicting this one, uh, it's pretty easy because Parramatta are coming up against my Newcastle Knights in week one, so I couldn't possibly... Uh, couldn't possibly go against my boys. So, of course, Parramatta are going to be eliminated in week one. But, uh, yeah, that's not exactly what the rest of the NRL community is kind of trying to tell me. But uh, And then in terms of next year, look, it's going to be quite interesting. I, I do think they need to make a big move, uh, but potentially they've left that a little bit late. Um, you know, a lot of times we can say, yeah, they need to go out and they need to bring a, a big name in. That those players are not available. So, yeah, it's going to be particularly, particularly challenging with the salary cap and that to sort of bring someone in to change things up. But to Shay's point, they are a very consistent team. I've got a lot of time for Brad Arthur. I think he, I think he's a high-quality coach. So, for me, I think they're going to finish fourth next season. Tash, what about you? Well, on the initial question, I've got to agree with Shay and disagree with you, Dan. I can't see um, the Knights beating the Eels uh, sorry to tell you that next week, because of those players that have been rested and come in fresh. Um, so I'm agreeing with Shay. I, yeah, I think they probably will go out in week two. Um, and next year, again, I, I have to agree with both of you that they haven't gone out and signed what they need to sign. I can't see them finishing in the top four next year. All right, guys, now it's time for our next segment, The Match. And each week, this is where we place two players, two coaches up against each other one-on-one to see who comes out on top. And this week we have some battle, and it's in the coaching ranks, and we have two of the two of the all-time greats coming up against each other. The most anticipated match in history, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, let's get ready. All right, Tasha and Shade, let's jump into the match this week, and it's going to be it's going to be quite a challenging one because we have two very high profile coaches going toe to toe, and that is uh, the great Wayne Bennett coming up against uh, the modern day maestro in Trent Robinson. Tasha, I'm going to start with you. Let, let's talk a little bit about Wayne Bennett because you know a, a lot of times he he gets a, a little bit lost in in some of these conversations because you know Craig Bellamy and and, and a few others typically get a lot of the a lot of the publicity, but you know, Wayne, uh, you know, he's had a, a remarkable career but yet continues to deliver at a high level. Yeah, look, he's definitely got the runs on the board. He's he's one of the best coaches out there. Whether he's the best coach, I'm going to say when comparing him to Trent Robinson, I'm going to say two different ways here, two different coaching styles. I think Trent Robinson is the best technical coach. 
over Wayne. I think he, um, the fact that he's got half his salary cap, you know, on the bench or injured or suspended and still um, making the finals the way he is shows that he, he can technically coach this game brilliantly. Wayne Bennett comes from a different approach. He is a far more um, player coach he's a people person coach he will know you know the fullback in for south in the under 20s he'll know him by name he'll call out you know hey dylan um how'd your uncle come pull through after that operation and that's how he gets the best out of his players he's he's that player sort of coach and he surrounds himself with the best technical coaches and that's what makes him uh, my pick this week because he gets the b- best of both worlds. And Tasha, I have to agree with you in and around the man management with Wayne Bennett because one of the things that has, I guess one of the things that's well known in the rugby league community is Wayne doesn't necessarily beat you with X's and O's, but what he does is he's able to, he's able to inspire his team more than his competitors, more more than coaches. Like in other systems, you'll see players, they'll play a lot inconsistent. They'll be great one week. They'll be poor the next. With Wayne Bennett's players, they seem to be able to be consistent each and every week and be able to sort of hit those highs because, you know, players like Latrell, players like Cody, they trust Wayne. They want to play for him. They don't want to let him down. And, you know, I think that's what brings out the best in him. But, um, no, Wayne, he is uh, he's a great man manager. He's going to go down as, you know, one of uh, the greatest coaches of all time. So let's flip that now and talk a little bit about Trent Robinson. Now, Trent's a really interesting character, Tasha, because, you know, obviously he started his career over there in France and, uh, yeah, was able to sort of, you know, start off his career overseas. And then, you know, the Roosters who, you know, they're, they're effectively a powerhouse within the competition. They went out and they took a huge risk on this rookie coach and it certainly paid off for them. It sure has. I think he's just racked up his uh, 150th uh, win with the um, or game with the with the Roosters. So yeah, a, a pretty big gamble was taken a few years ago. But my word, it certainly has paid off. I mean, look at where he's had them. Like they won two grand finals in a row. That they, they they were they were going to be the first team in so long to to get a three peat and only narrowly just missed that. Um, and then it shows that when so much of the salary cap is unavailable to your playing roster week after week after week, and we're talking about, you know, superstars of the game, but technically Trent Robinson just keeps that machine that is the Roosters, keeps it rolling on, and look where they are year after year. You know, full credit to Trent. I think he's got something, and uh, well done to the Roosters for taking a chance on him. Yeah, and I think what's really impressive is the the purity of coaching. You know, sometimes, you know, as fans and, 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 and people that sort of follow the game, you know, you look at the team sheets and you say, well, this team is going to beat this team because they just have more stars. I think what's really, really impressive about Trent is he coaches his players. So whether it is a 200-game veteran that's played in state of origin or whether it's a, a young kid who's come through reserve grade, Trent has the ability to pull them aside to coach them and almost just, you know, walk walk into this team and, and continue to perform. Yeah, I think we saw it uh, this week and I think there was uh, there was the line that the rookie ringings really hung in and you don't get that without very technical and very good coaching from 
you know, from Trent Robinson. So, yeah, hats off to him. Yeah, absolutely. And I think um, another thing, Shay, has been the way in which he's managed the the Sam Walker situation. I mean, he's a 19-year-old kid who, you know, he's, he's not just coming in and playing a couple of games off the bench or, you know, he's coming in and playing a couple of games on the wing. He's your chief playmaker who's replacing, you know, Luke Keary. He's one of the best in the game. You know, you, you, you're coming in and you're trying to boss around guys like James Tedesco. I mean, Trent's coaching job and, and, and the way in which he has supported Sam this year, it's been, it's, it's been so impressive. I think the way that the system there at the Roosters that he has in place to train his players to, you know, be ready to come up when there's injured players out or, you know, players get suspended, it's really impressive the way that he shows class and how his team just allows that to happen and, you know, it happens naturally. They're at the Roosters, you know. You see people like Sam Walker, he's bossing around, people like James Tedesco, and, you know, look at them now. They're playing with so much class and it's impressive the way that they play. And Tasha, he's found, he's found a way in which to build a winning culture. Like, you know, his teams win football games. You know, obviously this season it's been a little bit up and down, you know, because of the injuries, although they've still, you know, finished uh, in, in fifth position, which, you know, could go, could go down as one of his best achievements. But... You know, Trent, he's just been able to build a winning culture there at the football club. The, the Sydney Roosters consistently win games. Yeah, he does. He's got a great um, coaching staff and there's a lot of talk about the, the Roosters culture and that comes, you know, from the grassroots up. Sorry, not grassroots up. It comes from the head down to the grassroots. And, you know, at the head there is Trent Robinson, um, the the female uh, rooster teams, the NRLW team, they they rave about the culture that they have there. And we've got Corbin Baxter working with Trent Robinson. So he is that guy that creates that culture, that creates that real let's do it for the team, as well as having all that technical knowledge. And, Shay, I'd imagine that one of the more terrifying things in rugby league was would be I guess coming to work on a Monday and, and stepping into a film session with Trent Robinson because he is just so particular. You know, he, he is, I guess, his big focus, the way in which he coaches is in around the one percenters and some of the, the small, minute technical aspects of the game, you know, whether it's, you know, your, your positioning in and around defence or, or just your basic decision-making, you know, I, I guess, you know, the way in which he's able to make his players accountable in those film sessions uh, has also been really, really important for the Roosters this year? I think he produces the utmost care for his players. He wants his players to go out there and play the best footy that they can play and then come off the field and be proud of themselves, you know, when they go into those film sessions, when they go into training, they, they're they able to go, okay, this is what I did wrong, and he points it out. He points out that this is what you did wrong. We need to fix it together so that then when you go out and play on that Friday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, you can fix it. Yeah, absolutely. And Tasha, the last thing I wanted to touch on here with Trent was around this leadership void that he's had that he's experienced this season. So I think one of the, one of the other things that's impressed me a lot about Trent is his future planning because this season you lose Boyd Cordner, you lose Jake Friend, you lose Brett Morris. You know, we have not seen players that established have to retire, you know, for any other clubs and I've said this a few times on a few episodes. If that had if that happened to any other team in the competition, They'd be competing for a wooden spoon, but somehow Trent has been able to, you know, bring players in to be able to step up as leaders. In particular, James Tedesco, you know, he he's he's done a remarkable job this year. 
Yeah, like succession planning is certainly one of um, Trent Robinson's strong points. And and we've seen that um, as he's lost his players, he's got these young guns. uh, Sorry, they're not even guns until he gets his hands on them and they come through. He must instill a confidence in them. Um, Obviously, we've spoken about him being such a great technical coach, but if he can bring these young guys in to fill in such key positions that nobody would have predicted that they'd be playing this year, um, it's only through the injuries and the adverse conditions that he's had, it shows his succession planning and preparation of the younger ones coming through is really coming into fruition for him. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I think the coaching job that Trent's done, in particular with Drew Hutchinson and Lachlan Lamb this season, I mean, these are guys that have kind of floated around, but, you know, they look like veteran first graders uh, out there. You know, again, another example of Trent's coaching. Yeah, actually, you just um, touched on what what I was going to say um, in regard to that. Because he is such a great technical coach, because he knows the game so terribly well, he knows that you cannot just put all your eggs into um, you know, one great halfback and a, and a maybe a good running 5'8". You've got to have the depth. And he's recognised that uh, through, through the players that you just mentioned and he's got them coming through and, and playing confidently in those positions. Okay, guys, well, look, here on the match, we uh, no sitting on the fence. We've got to make a difficult decision here and pick, uh, I, I guess, the, who is the better coach in the game right now? Very difficult, Wayne Bennett or Trent Robinson. Uh, Tash, going to start with you. Yeah, I'm going to go with Wayne Bennett simply because even though Trent's a better technical coach, I think that Wayne's a better um, people player coach and has the ability to surround himself with the best technical coaching team. So he's got the best of both worlds. So, yeah, he gets my tick of approval there. Shay, who's your pick? I'm going to pick Trent Robinson. I think the way that he has so many players out this season and especially last season, um, he's always found a way to come back and win. And, you know, he produces high-quality players like Victor Radley and Roger Tuovasa-Shek and Joey Manu. It's just really impressive. Yeah, I, look, it's, it's, a difficult, it's a difficult one. I mean, I would have said before this year, Wayne Bennett, uh, but just off the back of this this season, I've got to go Trent, only because I think if Wayne was in Trent's position, I just don't quite think that Wayne would be able to get the same sort of results. But you know, he's got a bit of a he's got a bit of a test on his hands uh, himself, Wayne, with uh, Latrell. You know, uh, not going to be available in the final, so he'll certainly get a bit of an opportunity there. But for me, yeah, Trent only just uh, you know you're going up against one of the best in Wayne Bennett. All right, guys, and to round out the show, it's time for Rapid Fire. Hey, we're going to talk all about that and a whole bunch of other things. What you need to know tonight. Sincere apologies to Matt Damon. We ran out of time for him tonight. We'll get him on the air again soon. Oh, my boss is singing closing time. Maybe that's what you're doing. Yeah, and it's springtime. It just hits a little bit different, doesn't it, as we... I guess as we approach semi-final football. So the question I have for you guys this week in Rapid Fire is who's one player that you have got your eye on, one player to watch uh, this week in week one of the finals? Shay, going to start with you. Um, My player to watch is definitely Ruben Garrick. I think he's been an underdog the whole season. And, you know, just coming off the game that he's just played this weekend, that was incredible. I think he's one to watch. Definitely. Yeah, no, that's a really good that's a really good shout out because you just wonder if he had this performance in another team that didn't have some of the stars like Tom Travojevic and a few others. Uh, you know, he's probably getting uh, he's probably getting a few uh, calls for for representative honours. No, that's a good one. Uh, Tasha. 
Okay, probably because uh, we focused a lot on uh, the Eels. Uh, my player to watch, Dan, you're going to be disappointed because I know the Eels are coming up against your Knights. But if they play Dylan Brown on the left, Moses on the right, I want to watch Dylan Brown cut loose and really be that strike power. So he's my player to watch in week one of the finals. Yeah, if I take if I take my Knights hat off, and it's very difficult to take off, I have to agree with you. Like, you know, Dylan can't just have a good game this week. This is the finals. This is, you know, you've you've got to you've got to come in regardless of how old you are, how experienced, the season you've had, you've got to come in. If you're going to wear if you're going to wear the 6 or 7 jersey in a game like this, you've got to perform and unfortunately, I've got some bad vibes. I think yeah, I think you're right. I think he's in for a big game. He's um he's really found some form. Uh, look, the play that I'm going to be focusing in on this week is none other than Cody Walker. I think he finds himself in a really interesting situation. Obviously, with Latrell out um, this week, coming up against the Panthers, you know it's it's gonna. There's a lot of pressure on Cody to perform uh, and and certainly be the difference there for the Rabbitohs. Look, to be perfectly honest, no one expects the Rabbitohs to win, so I think that's going to take a little bit of pressure off South. And I think Wayne, you know, he's going to be doing some of that super co- super coach talk during the week. He'll he'll be saying that. Look, no one thinks you're going to win, boys. You know. It, it, Everyone's against us. No one thinks we can do it. And I think that is going to build a, a really good environment for Cody to go out and have a special game. And, you know, this is a really important final series for the Rabbitohs because I do have concerns about them for next year. I think the loss of Adam Reynolds is a very serious one, and I think it's going to have a pretty big impact on the club next year. I really feel like this is a good opportunity for, for the Rabbitohs, despite the fact they have lost Latrell. So, yep, Cody Walker for me. All right, guys, and that's all the time we have tonight. I just want to thank my amazing panel. Tasha, welcome to Mojo Sports. Welcome to the network. We are so happy to, to have you here and, uh, yeah, so excited that, you, that you're joining the network. It's, um, yeah, uh, it's, going to be, it's going to be a great journey. Absolutely loving it, Dan. Thank you. And, Shay, you're an absolute superstar. Thank you so much for jumping on the show tonight. Uh, you know, you're, uh, you've been doing some amazing work, you know, yourself and, and your colleagues in and around the network. So, uh, yeah, really appreciate your support and jumping on the show tonight. Loved it. Thank you. And, and to our listeners, if you did enjoy tonight's show, uh, please find us on social media. We're available on, on all platforms. Please like, comment, uh, send us some feedback. Really do appreciate that. But most importantly, please go out, find our podcast, download, subscribe, and tell your family, tell your friends about Mojo Sports. Until next week, we'll see you then. You have been listening to Mojo Sports. Thank you for your support. It is very much appreciated. The team and I are trying to build something a little different here, so everyone's support is very much appreciated. Continue to support the podcast, download, subscribe, check out our social media channels, give us a follow, and be sure to tell your friends about Australia's best-kept secret. This is Mojo Sports.